And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this time of our service. Where, Lord, we come to opening up your word and we worship you, Lord, by listening to your voice. As you speak to us, Lord, through your word, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we acknowledge today that, Lord, unless you open our hearts to see and to hear your word, Lord, we'll never truly understand. So, Father, we invite you now to come, send your Holy Spirit to open our hearts and our minds. Let us hear, let us see, let us taste and see that you are good. Guide us today, I pray. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, open with me to Psalm chapter or Psalm 1. The first Psalm, Psalm 1. We're looking at uh, Psalm, the first Psalm there as we start our new summer series, Summer in the Psalms. And so we're going to be in the Psalms over the course of this summer, just looking at different Psalms throughout. And we're going to start with one. If you don't have your Bible with you, I invite you to turn, grab one of the pew back Bibles there, the pew Bibles, and turn to page 418. It's page 418 in the pew Bible. You can join us there. As difficult as we try to make life sometimes, really, life is quite simple. It really is. I mean, this is a day of complexity I know but life really is very simple there really are only two ways to live two ways that's it there's the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked that is that's God's way and the world's way those are the only two choices now, the world makes it complex and makes it seem like it's so uh, many avenues to go down, but there are only two ways. There's God's way, God's way, and there is the world's way. And so today, we, we look at this. We look at this idea. We look at these two ways. And you need to understand that one way, the way of the world, leads to destruction. But the way of the Lord leads to everlasting life so as we look at this first psalm this morning i want you to ask that question today which road are you walking which way have you chosen which way are you following in your own life are you following god's way or the world's way the way of righteousness the way of the wicked the way of eternal life are the way of destruction. Only one way, dear friend, the way of righteousness leads to everlasting life. Only the way of righteousness leads to everlasting life. Today we look at this text and the psalmist shows us this very truth by contrasting the two ways in which we can live. The way of righteousness contrasted to the way of the wicked and so we're going to see here three contrasts between 
the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. Three contrasts between those two ways. And my hope today is that as we work through these three contrasts, I want you to ask yourself that very question, which way, which path are you on? The way of the wicked or the way of righteousness? As we look at, begin the Psalms here, this series in the summer in the Psalms, we begin with the very first psalm. That's the greatest place to start. And next week we're going to look at Psalm 2. We're not going to continue in systematic order there, but we're going to look at these first two psalms. And, and these first two psalms are, are very unique in themselves because these two psalms, they don't have the introductory material that the other psalms have. The other psalms will tell you a psalm of David or a psalm of Asaph or, or a psalm of, of this person or that person. But these two don't have that introduction they don't tell you who they are, they, who they are authored by, who the human author is. They're just there. And, and it's kind of like the, the emphasis here is this is not a, a human song. This is a song from the Lord himself. This is the word of God coming to us directly from him. He has a truth to speak to us. And he is speaking to us very directly in these psalms. And these psalms work as an introductory to the rest of the book, the rest of the book of the psalms. We tend to think of the psalms as kind of uh, displaced and unorganized. They're just, you know, there's just a, a, a hymn book, really. I mean, that's why we think of it. And in some sense, that is what the psalms are. They're a hymn book. There were hymns that the uh, Hebrews used, used to, to worship God in, in their sanctuary. But they're more than that. They tell a story. They show us the way to live. And really, they show us, throughout the psalm, they show us, point us to the way of the righteous versus the way of the wicked. And so this works as an introductory to the rest of the psalm. And interesting, this is the first place. Now, if you're a student of Scripture, you know that Scripture uh, often makes this contrast between the, the way of God and the way of the world, these two ways to live. But this is actually where it's first introduced to us in Scripture. This is the first introductory of these two ways of living in scripture so we want to learn from these and and use this as a foundation for the rest of our reading of scripture so we begin today then by looking at these three contrasts the contrast between the way of the, the righteous the way of God and the way of the wicked the way of the world and we began by, well, let me back up a moment there, that we found our place. I hope you found your place there in the first psalm. And if you would stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's Word. I do want to read this in its, in its completion to you today. Hear the Word of the Lord. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf, and its leaf ne does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff, that the wind drives away. 
Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Amen. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts. And you may be seated. So three contrasts between the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. The way of God and the way of the world. The first contrast that we see here in our text is the the contrast in nourishment. The contrast in nourishment, how these two ways, how these two kinds of people are nourished, how how they get their, their food for life. First of all, we notice here that the wicked, uh, they are nourished by wicked associations. The wicked are nourished by wicked associations. He begins, opens up the, the psalm here by saying, Blessed is the man, blessed is the man who walks not and so now he's 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 turning course he's blesses the man and so he wants to show us the the blessings of the righteous man he wants to show us the blessings of a righteous who who has blessings now and this is an interesting word here this whole first little sentence there blessed is the man blessed is actually in the plural in the hebrew it's plural And, and so the idea is not just a single blessing But there's this manifold of blessings that's poured out from God upon the person who walks by the way of the righteous. So blessed is the man who walks not. Now he changes course. Now he's going to show us, he's not going to start with the way of the righteous, but he's going to start with the way of the wicked. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. This is the person, this is the one who walks the way of the wicked, the way of the world. He walks by wicked association. And you begin by asking yourself, now why did he why did the psalmist begin there? I mean, he, he started out pointing us to the way of the righteous. Blessed is the man. But then he, he kind of changes here, and, and he turns it around to the wicked to show us how the wicked live. I think one of the reasons that he does this, one, one of the reasons that he begins with this way of the wicked is because this is where we all start. We all start there. Not one of us is born on the way of righteousness. Not a one of us. Every single one of us start on the way of the wicked. It's only by God's grace that we ever turn from the way of the wicked and begin down that way of the righteous. So we have to understand that we start life on the wicked path. We start life. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care if you were born in church and your parents raised you in church. No matter who you are, who your parents are, where you grew up, you started this life on the path of the wicked. You are a sinner. It's only by God's grace that you are saved. We start on the path of the wicked 
And then he, he shows us that the wicked, they are nourished, they, they are fed by wicked association. You know, we tend to be social chameleons. You know what a chameleon is, right? The chameleon's that little lizard that they change their colors where, whatever, to whatever uh, their surroundings are. So if the chameleon is up in the, uh, the green leafy area of the tree, they, they turn to green. If they're down on the ground, they, they change their color to the brownness of the ground. Whatever, uh, whatever surroundings they are in, they change their colors to, to match that surroundings. Well, you know what? We're kind of like social chameleons, aren't we? Whoever we hang around with the most, that's who we're going to start acting like the most. And that's what he shows us here. The psalmist shows us that, that when, we, when we associate with the wicked, then our actions are going to become wicked. We're going to start following the way of the wicked. That's the way it is. Whomever you hang out with the most, that's who you're going to act like. Now, we as Christians, we know that we're called in this world to, to make friends with sinners. We're to build those relationships not so that we can hang out with them, not so that we can take on their way, but so that we can testify the truth of the gospel to them. We're not to make that our, our chief association. We're not to, to walk with the, the wicked. We're not to walk with the sinners of this world. We make those friendships for the purpose of sharing the gospel, but our, our greatest nourishment needs to come from somewhere else. But the way of the, of the wicked, they nourish themselves, they feed their life by wicked association, by hanging out with evil people. Hanging out with sinners who have no, no desire of repentance. And they continue in, those, in that way. But notice also here the the progressive nature of what the psalmist tells us. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. First, he, he, the wicked, they walk in the counsel of the wicked. They sit, or they stand in the way of the sinner. And then they sit in the seat of the scoffers. Yeah, there's a progressive nature to, to how we get drawn into that lifestyle more and more and more. You, you first, you, you, you walk in the counsel of the wicked. You think about that. You, you begin, and, and first of all, it starts by you're hanging out with this group of people. And you have this friend over here who says, oh man, look what I'm doing. Isn't this cool? Doesn't this look fun? Doesn't this sound great? Man, you need to come do this with me. You need to be brought in with me. I remember having some friends in high school who, who got into to drugs real heavily. And they began to, to, to tempt, right? Man, this is so cool. It makes you feel like this. It makes you feel great. Man, don't you want some? You see? And a lot of people, they begin down that path because they begin to walk in that council. And they begin to participate in, in such, that kind of a lifestyle. And that's the way it begins. You begin to, to walk in that kind of council. You begin to do the things that the world is telling you to do. These evil people, these wicked people are telling you to do. You, that's the way it goes. 
That's where drug addicts start, right? Come on, just take a hit. Just take a hit. But then you, you, you progress on from there. At first you start walking in the counsel of the wicked, but then you begin to stand with the sinners. You get comfortable there. You begin to enjoy that sinful lifestyle, and so you hang out. You're no longer being led by their counsel. You're there freely. I mean, you're just, hey, I'm here. I'm standing in this sinful lifestyle. I'm enjoying it. I like it. I want more of it. And so you're standing in, in that kind of lifestyle. You're standing in that way, the way of the wicked. But it doesn't stop there either. The next step is then that you, you, you drift into this point where you're sitting in the seat of scoffers. You're sitting in the seat of scoffers. This imagery that the psalmist give us here, gives us here reflects back to the days when Jerusalem had walls. They had the fortress built around them. They had the walls built there. And oftentimes the elders of the city, they would sit in the gates of the city. They would sit in the gates. There would be seats there, and the elders would gather together, and they would seat, sit in those seats at the gate, and they would instruct people. They would give instruction. And so you come into the city, you walk into the city, and, and there an, an elder is, and, and he's teaching on morals of life. And so, hey, I like that teacher. He's a great teacher, so let me, let me go over there and, and get some instruction. And so people go to him and, and sit and listen to his instruction. And that's the idea that the psalmist is giving here. You began by walking in the counsel of the wicked, then you stand with sinners, and then you progress on to where you're the one saying, hey man, come follow me. Isn't this cool? This is fun. You need to come get some of this. You need to do this. You're now instructing other people how to walk in the way of the wicked. That's the progression. That's the progression the wicked, they are fueled by, they are nourished by wicked association, hanging out with the wrong people, the wrong crowd. And they get, they get there by, first of all, just kind of joining in. Let's try it out. Then they find that comfort spot. And the next thing you know, they're instructing other people on how to, be, to, how to walk that path. The wicked are nourished by wicked association. 1 Corinthians 15, tells us, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Bad company ruins good morals. Let me tell you something. Even you Christians, you start hanging out with the wrong crowd, you're going to start down a wrong path. You might be on a good path now, but if you start making those bad associations right now, they're going to ruin you. You're going to act like those people whom you hang around the most. Yes, make friends with sinners so that you can bring the gospel to them, but don't let that be your main associations. You better, you, you better stick with the church. You better hang around with the people in the church. Build those friendships. Let those friendships influence you in your way as you walk with the Lord. I'm reminded of, uh, of King Rehoboam. King Solomon, you remember King Solomon was the son of David. 
And King Solomon, he, he, had a, he built a great empire there. God blessed him with wisdom and, and riches, and, and he had all of these building projects going on during the entire time of his reign. Uh, scripture compares silver in the day of, of, of King Solomon. It says silver was kind of like gravel on the ground. I mean, that was kind of like nothing. Uh, the, the, the nation was so rich under his reign. And so he had all of these building projects going. And so he, he was just working the people to death in some ways. He was put them to work on one project after the other project after the other project. And so when King Solomon passed and his son Rehoboam came into power, the people of Israel came to King Rehoboam and they said, King Rehoboam, look, man, your dad was, he was a great king. But man, he really worked us hard. We're tired. We're wore out. We need a break. Could you kind of ease up some of the pressure? Just, just ease up a little bit and, and give us a breath. And, and so Rehoboam, first of all, he took counsel with those men, the wise men who, who walked with King Solomon. And, and uh, they counseled him and said, you know, if you will serve the people, if you'll be a servant to the people, they will serve you. And so they counsel him, yeah, you should lighten the load, man. You should take it easy on them. You'll serve them at this point in time. They'll, they'll be your servant for life. But Rehoboam didn't listen to the wise counsel of the righteous elders who were, who were there to, to give him that good counsel. No, he turned to his buddies whom he grew up with. And they told him, here's what you need to tell them. You need to tell them that, that your little finger is thicker than your father's thigh. In other words, that your dad had nothing on you. Your dad had nothing on you. That, that he was, you think he was hard, just wait till you see what I'm going to put on you. And Rehoboam followed this wicked counsel, this evil counsel. And it cost him the kingdom. All of the tribes of Israel fell away from the, the, king of, the, the king of David, the king of that line of David. And Rehoboam was only left with two tribes, the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. All the rest fell away. He followed the counsel of the wicked, and it cost him. Dear friend, you follow the counsel of the wicked. You walk in the way of the wicked. It will cost you. And it'll cost you more than an earthly kingdom. It'll cost you an eternal kingdom. The, the wicked walk in the council. They, they are nourished by wicked association. But look here, the righteous, the righteous are nourished by God's word. The righteous are nourished by God's word. Verse number two there. But his delight, that is the blessed man, right? Blessed is the man. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. The righteous, the ones who, who walk by the way of God, who walk by the way of, the right, of righteousness, their delight is in the law of God. That's the word of God. That's the word of God. At that point in time, they had most of what they had for Scripture was, were the first five books of the Bible. Most of the Bible hadn't even been written yet when this first psalm was written. It was the first five books and maybe a, a, a little bit of the history, and, and that was it. 
And, and so he says, his delight, the righteous man, the, the blessed man, his delight is in the law of God. His delight is in the word of God. He delights in his counsel. He delights in, in it and meditates on it. To say that he delights in the word of God is to say that he delights in the very character of God. Because let me remind you, friend, that the law of God is not just some kind of just, uh, just kind of uh, vague principles to live by. Now, that's not what the law of God is. The law of God is not just general principles that we put up there just to live by. The law of God reflects the very character of God. When you read all the thou shalts and thou shalt nots, that's reflecting to you the character of God. It's giving us a picture of what he is like because he is perfect in righteousness. And so when we read the law of God, when we read the Bible, the Bible is there to show us God, to reveal to us the very nature and character of God. The only way we can really truly see God is through his word. And so we delight in the Word of God because it's in the Word of God that we, we see God. We know God. We can relate to God. But not only should the Word of God be your delight, but it should be the object of your meditation. The blessed one is the one who meditates on the law, the book of God, the Word of God, day and night. See, as it reflects God's character. The one who walks the way of righteousness, they want, to, they want to reflect God's character. They want to make God's character a part of their life. And so we meditate on it. We think about it all the time because we want to conform to it. You see, the way of the righteous is nourished by, fed by, the very Word of God. Isn't it interesting that he doesn't say that the, 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 what, the righteous are nourished by other righteous people? He doesn't say that, right? He, he makes that contrast. The wicked, they're, they're fed by, they're nourished by wicked association, but the righteous person is nourished by the Word of God. Oh, that's where we get our, our nourishment. By digging into God's Word, reading God's Word, being fed by God's Word. The way of the righteous is nourished by the very Word of God. From whom are you seeking nourishment, dear friend? Are, are you following the counsel of the wicked? Are, are, are you associating with those who walk in opposition to God? They will lead you down the path to destruction. But if your delight is in, in God and in His Word, you will walk in the way of the righteous and you surely will be blessed. So we see that first contrast, the contrast in nourishment. Second, we see a contrast in produce. We see contrast in produce, that is the, the production of one's life. And here he, he comes right in with the, the righteous, the way of the righteous. And we see, first of all, that the righteous are fruitful. 
The righteous are fruitful. The blessed man, the blessed person, he is like, verse 3, he is like a tree planted by streams of water. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. I remember back when I was a logger, when I was doing logging, I remember one summer that it was extremely hot, hot and dry. And I can remember towards the end of the summer, it was so hot and so dry that the trees were, were starting to die. The oak trees and all those trees, that they were starting to lose their leaves. The leaves were falling off because it was so hot and dry. But we, we kind of worked down close to the river uh, some as well. And I can remember that while most of the trees were, were dying from the heat and the drought, you know, the trees down by the river where the water was continually flowing, they were just as green as ever. Why? Because they were being fed by the nourishment, that living water down that river. It was feeding them life. It was feeding them life. The blessed man is like a tree planted by streams of water, streams that are always feeding him or her. He is the, like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. You see, that's the way of the righteous. The one who is fed by, nourished by the Word of God, who, who longs to be in relationship with God, they are nourished and because they are constantly nourished, they are, are fruitful. Their life has fruit of righteousness. Fruit of righteousness. Fruit that, that's pleasing to God. Fruit that, that when you look at them, you see the presence of Christ in their lives. They're telling people about Jesus. They're serving in the church. They're trying to, to help God build His kingdom here in this world. They're, they're working. They want to see God's kingdom advanced. And so their, their life is fruitful. It's fruitful. He says that, that they, they prosper in all that he does. He prospers. Now, he's not talking about your build business relations, right? He, he's not talking about your bank account there. He's talking about in your, your works of righteousness. Your works that are pleasing to God. As, as you work for the Lord's kingdom, what you do, it will prosper. He will bless your efforts. He will, he will see that they prosper. And though you, you might not have wealth here on this earth, because of what you do for the Lord, you will gain treasure in heaven. While Jesus says, lay not up for yourself treasure on the earth, where thieves break in and steal and, and fire and rust destroy, but build up for yourself treasure in heaven. Where, where rot and, and rust and, and fire cannot destroy and thief cannot steal. You see, that's where we should be focusing our efforts, making our greatest investments in the way of the righteous. They are, their life is fruitful. Their life is fruitful. The work of God is evident in their life because they are doing great things for His kingdom. And the Lord is blessing them and their fruitfulness. In contrast to that, however, the way of the wicked, the wicked are fruitless. 
the wicked are fruitless. Notice verse 4, the wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. They're like chaff that the wind drives away. Now, we don't have a lot of wheat growing around here, uh, but we do have some farming going on. We, we, we're familiar with farming, and, and many of you may be familiar with what chaff is. Chaff is kind of like the, the outer shell of, of wheat. And, and so you have wheat, and, and you have the stalk there, and at the stalk there's the head, and, and on the head there are all these seeds. And, and the seed, right, the seed, that's the fruit. But around the seed is the chaff. That's the, it's useless. It, it, the only good as far as maybe to burn it. That's it. And so the way they would separate the fruit from the chaff in, in Bible days was they would take the wheat, freshly cut, they would take it and they allow it to dry, and then they would take it to the winnowing floor. You'll see that reference in Scripture, the winnowing floor, and they'll winnow the wheat. And the way you winnow the wheat is you take a, a pitchfork of sort, sorts and you take that wheat and you throw it up into the air. And the wind rushes through and the wind blows the chaff away because it's light. It's dried out, it's light, and it just blows away. And then the, the fruit, the grain of wheat drops to the ground because it's, it's, so, it's so heavy it falls to the ground. It's not blown away. And that's what he's saying here. The way of the wicked, the fruit of the wicked is like that chaff. It's temporary. It's useless. It just blows away with the wind. And that's the way of the wicked. The way of the wicked, they have so much invested in this world. They think, oh, look at all the good I'm doing. Look at, look at what I'm building for myself. And, and they begin to surround themselves with all the wonders, the treasures of this world, the joys of this world. But let me tell you, dear friend, this world is coming to an end. This world and all of its desires, all of its pleasures is coming to an end. And if your hope is in this world alone, you are hopeless. All of your treasures, they're going to blow away. All the work of your life is going to blow away like chaff. It's useless. It's temporary. It's nothing. And only what you do for the kingdom will survive. The way of the wicked is like that chaff. It's, it's temporary. It's fruitless. In Luke chapter 6, verse 43 and 45, Jesus tells us, For no good, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from the bramble bush. The good person out of the good fruit treasures, uh, uh, the good person out of the good treasures of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of your heart, his mouth speaks. So dear friend, as you look at which way are you walking, if you're walking down the path of the wicked, your life will produce wicked fruit. You're a wicked tree. That's all you can produce. You can only produce chaff. You can only produce thorns. You can only produce the things of this world. 
But if you're walking down the way of righteousness, you will produce good fruit. It will be evident in your life. What's the produce of your life? What's the produce of your life? Look at your life. What are you producing? Are you producing worldly things? Is your life rich with worldly treasures? But you're doing nothing for the kingdom of God? Are there no kingdom fruits in your life? If not, then you're walking the way of the wicked. The way of destruction. You will know your walk by the fruit you are producing. What kind of fruit are you producing? What kind of fruit are you producing? Examine your life. Examine the fruit of your life. Know which path you are on. So we have the contrast in nourishment, a contrast in produce, and finally a contrast in the final end. Contrast in the final end of these two paths. He starts here with the way of the wicked. The wicked will perish. The wicked will perish. Look at verse 5. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment. The wicked will not stand in the judgment. Now the idea here, you have the, the imagery of the court scene, right? You're in, in court. You're standing before the judge. And, and the accusation comes against you. The accusation comes against you. Here is what you're accused of. The wicked will not stand. There's no defense that they can mound for themselves. There's nothing. They are guilty as charged. They will not stand in the judgment. Dear friend, if you're on the way of the wicked, you will not stand. You will fall. You will be judged because you are guilty before God. You have spent your whole life lived in opposition to God, you will not stand. Furthermore, he says, nor will, they, nor will sinners stand in the congregation of the righteous. The sinner will not stand in the congregation of the righteous. You're not a part of the people of God, the congregation of God. You'll not be added. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Dear friend, if you are on the way of the wicked, if you're following the path of the wicked, the way of the world, your way will perish. You will perish. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Its end is the way of death. The way that seems right to this world, the path that seems right to this world, it seems like the right path. It seems like the path that offers the most joy, the most excitement. But it is the path that ends in death, eternal death. John chapter 2, verse 15, 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 
for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Oh, the way of the wicked will perish, but the righteous will prosper the righteous will prosper. God knows the way of the righteous. He knows. There's nothing that's hidden from His sight. There's nothing that's hidden from His sight. You might can fool me. You might can fool everybody else in this church. But your heart, your motives, your life is not hidden from God. He knows your way. And He knows the way of the righteous. And he has in store for the, the righteous eternal life, eternal blessings. Those manifold blessings that he begins with, the plural blessings in verse 1, they are all reserved for those who walk in the way of righteousness. Their way leads to eternal life. Matthew chapter 25 gives us the picture of this very day. When the Lord will return and He will separate, separate out the, the righteous from the wicked. In chapter 25 of Matthew, starting in verse 31, He says, when the, Lord, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. And before Him will be gathered all the nations. And He will separate people one from another as a, a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his, uh, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, "Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry." and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and gave you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you and the king king jesus will answer them truly i say to you as you did to one of the the least of these my brothers you did also to me then he will say to those on his left depart from me you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels for i was hungry and you gave me no food i was thirsty and you gave me no drink i was a stranger and you did not welcome me naked and you did not clothe me sick and you in prison and you did not visit me then they will also answer and saying lord when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not, to do, did not do it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did not do it to me also. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. 
Dear friend, let me warn you today. That day is coming. The day of judgment is coming. And it won't be very long from now. It will be here before you know it. And you will stand before God Almighty. And the angels will separate you out. Either with the sheep who walk on the way of righteousness or with the goats who walk the way of the wicked. Where will you stand? Where will you be on that day? Look at the fruit of your life. What does it tell you? Which path are you on? Today, make sure that you are on the road of righteousness, the path of the righteous. Or else, your end will be the way of the wicked. Eternal destruction and a devil's hell. What path are you on? Only one way leads to prosperity. And only one way leads to destruction. Which one are you on? Jesus tells us, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. But the way, the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Turn to the easy way, or turn away from the easy way, and turn to the narrow way, the way of righteousness. As we look at this and we think about Psalm 1 and the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked, we've already said that each and every one of us, we start on the path of the wicked. That's where we start. And we must come to a day where we turn away from that path and, and walk the way of the righteous. But I ask you today, who lives in perfect righteousness? Who lives in perfect righteousness? Consider the way of righteousness. Who ever perfectly fulfilled the way of righteousness? Was it Abraham? Was it Father Abraham? No, he lied. He lied about his relationship with Sarah and put her, her, her purity in, at risk. Was it Moses? No, it wasn't Moses because Moses was a murderer and tried to cover it up. And then his anger and lack of faith kept him from entering into the promised land. Was it David? No, it wasn't David. Because David committed adultery with Bathsheba and then murdered her husband to try to cover that affair up. It wasn't David. There's only one, one who is fully righteous. Only one followed the way of righteousness perfectly. The one and only Jesus Christ. What he accomplished for you was perfect fulfillment of righteousness. He meets the bill. He fulfills all of this. He delighted in the Word of the Lord, and He meditated on the Word of the Lord day and night, and He lived it out fully in His life. He produced fruit of righteousness His entire life. He never produced one bad fruit. And only His way leads to a way of prosperity. Dear friends, today, the way of righteousness starts for you and me by first starting our trusting in Jesus Christ and only Jesus Christ. 
Jesus is the only way of righteousness. I love what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Only Jesus can provide pure righteousness for you. Only Jesus can empower you to live in the way of righteousness. Dear friend, only the way of, righteous, of the righteous leads to everlasting life. And your walk down the way of righteousness begins by trusting in Jesus Christ and in Christ alone. What path are you on today? Which road are you walking down? Are you walking down the road of righteousness that leads to life? Are you trusting in Jesus for your life? Have you surrendered your life to Him? Are you walking the way of the wicked? Trusting your own path? Making your own way? Fulfilling your own desires? Looking out for number one, which path are you on? Only the way of the righteous leads to eternal life. The way of the wicked leads to destruction. Which way are you walking? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the instruction that you give to us today, Lord. And Lord, you provide us this, this contrast so that we can look at our own lives and ask that very question. We can search our hearts and our souls and, and know, Lord, are we on the path of righteousness? Are we on the path of the wicked? Oh, Lord, today, there are some here who have searched their heart and they've discovered they're on the wrong path. They're living life for themselves. They're, they're walking with the wicked and they're, they're standing with sinners. They're sitting in the seat of scoffers. But Lord, today, I pray you would open their hearts, change their life, put them on the way of the righteous by letting them trust in Jesus. Oh Lord, come today and work in our hearts. In Christ's name I pray, amen.